Uh, the Drew Marshall Show, seven weeks of Christmas campaign. That's right. From now until Christmas, I am proud to present to you seven different charities over seven weeks. Hopefully, my personal endorsement of these trustworthy organizations won't scare you away and will help you uh, get your give on. So please consider partnering with at least one of these charities this Christmas. Today's Christmas charity is RZIM Canada. That's right. RZIM, for those of you living down in the United States of America. And uh, Andy Bannister is on the phone as we speak. Hello, Mr. Bannister. Hey, Drew. How you doing? Dr. David Bannister. No. Remember him? Dr. David Bruce Banner. Who's that, Andy? You uh, don't that know? Was the, that's, the, that's the Incredible Hulk. Yeah! <laughs> Very rarely turn green these days. Very rarely. Wow. Well done. I years, of, years of therapy. Yeah, yeah. So listen, there's a number of things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, first of all, I want to talk to you about your your book, okay? Last time you were on our show, we talked about your your latest book, The Atheist Who Didn't Exist. Which you very kindly endorsed. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciated that check you sent for the endorsement. It's in the mail, yeah. 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 It's in the mail. Um, But with Christmas around the corner, right? I mean, I think this could be an interesting gift, but I don't think you want to be... Like, can you imagine the real... Happy, irritating, uh, all the switch is always on, Jesus person, buying, you know, as much as you'd like them to buy 50 books and give it to every family member this Christmas, that's probably not a good move considering the source, you know? I can see them receiving your book, even though it's a phenomenal book, but you, it's got to be the, you got to think exactly. through the giving. Exactly. I think I think most useful things, I think, uh, you know, for Christians who want to give a book like mine uh, to a skeptical friend is is that last word, friend. Make sure it's a skeptical friend. Build a relationship, get to know them, listen to their story, show a genuine interest. And in the context of that relationship, a book like mine, I hope, will be a you know, huge conversation starter. But, yeah, don't go throwing it around like cannon fodder. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you'll just end up irritating somebody. And if, uh, and particularly some of the humor. I mean, it's so British. But um, certainly for certainly for a skeptical friend or colleague that you have a relationship with, yeah, uh, I hope it would be really, really helpful. Uh, tell us about some of the university events uh, you, that you've been doing. Yeah, so we're uh, it's been an exciting few months. We've been on lots of university campuses. That's something we love to do at RZAM is to get out and engage, uh, engage skeptics, engage, uh, engage seekers. And we're really excited that coming up in January, we've got two week long. Uh, missions, we're calling them, at the University of Toronto and the McGill University in Montreal, where we're going to be there five days uh, a week with lunchtime events, uh, evening events, uh, huge kind of presence on those campuses. And uh, so for those who are listening, encourage people to think about supporting those by giving to Ars of AM or praying for them. Or if you're near UFT or McGill, visit the Ars of AM website, rzim.ca. You'll be able to find out all about them and uh, perhaps come along and support them. Uh, McGill's got a great reputation. That's a very thinking place. At the risk of su- you know suggesting that other universities aren't, I can see the phone, hear the phones ringing as you speak, Drew. I'm saying that um, one of my biggest, uh, I don't know, one of the people I admire the most from McGill is Margaret Somerville. Have you ever had a conversation with her? No, I know of Margaret, but have we never, never met in person. Uh, I, uh, Tim, you can probably vouch for this as well. Every time she's on the show, just fantastic. <clears throat> Yeah, my brain usually hurts after It does hurt. It's like listening to me for four hours. No, that's a different kind of pain. That's a different kind of pain? <laughs> um, a different area of my body. <laughs> yeah, one that involves <laughs> ointment. So as far as RZIM is concerned, you go to university events. Um, do you go to other religious institutions? And like, do you do debates? Is it always about debates? Yeah, we, do, um, we tend to shy away from debates because I think we want to generate more, more, uh, more light than heat. But yeah, we do. And in fact, uh, just last weekend, myself, one of my colleagues we were at, uh, at toronto's biggest mosque over in over in vaughan and uh, we had a dialogue there with two muslim imams we had about a thousand people out a six-hour event our muslim friends 
like the long running times. Two and a half hours of Q&A after we spoke, 42 questions. But amazing opportunity to engage. And uh, it, was, it was phenomenal because the, the questions from the audience cover everything. I mean, all the topics you can imagine, given what's going on in the world, but also the differences between Islam and Christianity. And I, and I think the thing I'd encourage Christians listening to this is, you know, we need to get out and engage our friends and other religions. Don't retreat into fear or stereotypes. Get out and engage. Yeah. Have the honest conversations. Huge fun. And uh, God, God shows up in unexpected ways. You know, I'm trying to imagine how you would handle a debate at a mosque or at some uh, higher education uh, institution. And, um, Andy, I know you a little bit enough to, to think, well, you're not going to be, you know, an irritating um, Ken Ham in your face. Uh, who's What's Kirk Cameron's buddy's name? Ray Comfort kind Ray of. Comfort Banana Man. Yeah, you're, not, you're just not a jerk, so you're not going to do that. Um, and nor your, is your organization. I have the utmost respect for RZIM. I remember having Ravi on the show, actually, when I sort of first came out about my struggles with my faith publicly. Yeah, that's right. it, that, was, uh, that, was with, that was with Ravi, wasn't it? It was with Ravi, and... Um, you know, since then I've met him a couple times and, and heard him speak, and I have great respect for for your organization. But I also don't see you being some sort of light a candle, kumbaya, bust out the ukulele, and and uh, and I don't know. Get all, in other words, you're not going to water down yeah. what what your beliefs are either. No, exactly. And I think you know you've highlighted Drew. There, the two traps that I think Christians sometimes fall into. One is to do that kind of you know hug everybody, come by our uh, rainbow colored guitar strap, and, <laughs> and just shy away from the difficult conversations. Uh, the other is to go in all guns blazing and just be and just be ar- an arrogant idiot. Yeah. And I think we, if we can find the you know the middle ground, and uh, you know our organisation is is all about apologetics. That's the that's the that's the word for that. The now, help, well, hold on. Help, help some yeah. of our listeners who don't know what that means, apologetics. Uh, yes, exactly. So apologetics is simply that branch of Christian theology concerned with answering the tough questions. But I like to say to people, look, apologetics is not the art of making somebody wish they'd never asked a question. And sometimes as Christians, we give that impression. So I think if, I'm a firm believer that if we, if we engage with people's questions, we listen, we take them seriously. Uh, listen is the first step. Very often we want to leap in with an answer. Listen to our skeptical friends. You know, understand where they're coming from, and then begin to show how how there's an answer to the honest question. Um, you know, God shows up in incredible ways, but we need to learn to listen, and we need to learn to take questions seriously. Okay, so let's say I I feel good about this conversation with you. You know, I'm a listener. I'm thinking, okay, I like yeah. this guy. He's British. He sounds smart. He's not a jerk, but he's going to stand firm. But what what does my money actually do? Does it does it just kind of pay you to go around and and show off Jesus? Yeah, the big, our, our biggest cost of the organization is, uh, is our salaries and our staff team. We have, uh, we have a team now of 47 uh, speakers, people like me. 47? Uh, in Canada and around wow. the world. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. When I, when I joined uh, Ravi's organization five years ago, I think there were, there were about 10 of us, and it's grown to about 47 now. So all ages, all nationalities, all backgrounds, which is great, because one question people often ask who love other than is, you know, what's the, what's the plan? I mean, Ravi's not getting any younger, and there's your answer right there. We, know, we have people, you know, as young as their 20s. We have actually people that are older than Ravi uh, on the team. So, yeah, primarily when a, when a listener supports us, that goes to frontline ministry, engaging skeptics and seekers and inquirers, as well as helping train and equip Christians uh, to do likewise. Uh, so that, and those gifts make a huge difference, because often we go to places where we're not paid to come. If I go and speak in a mosque and dialogue with Muslims, Muslims aren't going to pay me. If I go and engage the Secular Alliance on the, at the University of Toronto, they're not going to pay us for that. Um, yeah. the, only way, the only way this is possible is, uh, is faithful Christians uh, digging deep and going, yeah, we value what you do and we want to stand behind you. And we're grateful for every cent. 
Well, I would normally, and this may get me in trouble with you here, but I would normally not give a holy grunt about putting cash into an organization that goes out and just talks about Jesus. You know, because we're, we're, there's so many people that are, you know, starving, or there's no water, or there's you know, mosquito nets, and, you know, all that. I don't know, whatever, right? Um, but but I, actually, I actually think the public discourse needs you guys in there, because we don't need uh, the, the loudmouths that get all the media attention uh, and represent Jesus and make me want to puke. Um, we need RZIM. We need your staff. We need you in there uh, dialoguing intelligently right, right. and yet and yet leading with love, I think. Yeah. And the other thing as well, Drew, just to pick up on that on that very point, not a lot of people are, are aware of this, but it's worth mentioning, RZIM actually has a compassion and uh, an aid wing because that's always been part of Ravi's heart as well. And when he, uh, back in the early days of the ministry, where he would travel to India and sort of, you know, give out, uh, you know, sort of coins and sweets to kids on the street. And a supporter began saying to him, look, you need to do something a bit more organized than simply doing that. So we set up a nonprofit called Wellspring, and people can Google Wellspring International. And uh, so that's, uh, we're, not, we're not big, that's about a $2 million organization, but doing a lot of really quite intentional work, uh, particularly with women and children around the world. And what we do in ours at AM is we pay all of their administration costs. So if people give to Wellspring, 100% of the gift uh, goes to the uh, goes to the project. So if right. somebody listening is really interested far more in in that more than in you know as uh, going on to campuses and universities, they can Google Wellspring International or visit the RZM website and click through. And uh, there's some really good projects happening uh, in some very difficult parts of the world that people can get behind there too. Because I think unless you meet those needs of people, they're not going to take the gospel. Seriously, yeah. I think we need to we need to proclaim the gospel and we need to demonstrate it. Well, for this weekend only, folks, in connection with the Drew Marshall Show, for every gift of forty bucks—that's two twenties. In case you you know not that good with uh, with uh, finding a forty dollar bill, they're hard to find those things. I'm saying, um, you'll receive a copy of Dr. Andy Bannister's book, "The Atheist Who Didn't Exist." Andy is the Canadian director of RZIM and recurring nightmare. I mean, guest on the Drew Marshall Show, RZIM.ca, RZIM.ca. I endorse the book because I love Andy's approach to this conversation. We have these talks a lot on our show, and Andy kind of takes, uh, I don't know, I think he takes what we're really searching for and trying to wrap our heads around and puts it into a book that is very digestible, very palatable, and uh, very honest as well. So, Andy, thank you for what you do, man. Well, Drew, thank you. Uh, thank you, too. Very kind, as always, and a uh, very Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours. Thank you. Andy Bannister from RZIM. Take care, mate.